The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Welcome to Christ United Methodist Church's Easter service. We're glad that you've tuned in to, to be with us. A few years back, several years back, Joy and I went to the Holy Land, and we were there with a leader by the name of Maxie Dunham, and I'd like her to share a story of something Maxie said. We were at the site where they think Jesus rose from the grave. Um, Historically, they think that that is the place that it would have happened. And we also were in the fenced-in area and could look out, and you could see the hill of Golgotha from the garden. And I remember that he gathered us together, and we were going to have communion together that day. And his opening words to us were, whatever you see or experience a cross in your life. An empty tomb is nearby. That is our Easter hope. And so we um, experience that here at the church. Every time I come in the back steps, we have a big cross in the back of our, sink, our, um, our uh, community area. And then we come down the stairs, and then we have a picture of the empty tomb, a mural on the wall. And when I walk by that, it reminds me, when I have crosses in my life, when I have places that seem dead and hopeless, my God is a living God, the God of a resurrection, and there will be an empty tomb nearby. So as you celebrate Easter this year, whatever cross you are bearing, whatever place that seemed hopeless and dead, my prayer is that Easter hope will come in and you will experience a living Christ in your midst. Thank you, Joy. Let's uh, begin our service with a prayer. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for so many things. Even in the midst of a pandemic, you still are there. And even though churches are empty, so was your tomb. And we are a church deployed, going out to do what we can do for, for the world. And so, Lord, I ask that you be with this worship service. May it be one that glorifies your holy name. We celebrate the risen Lord. We celebrate you, Lord Jesus, in our lives. Be with our worship. Be with uh, the things that are said, the the things that are are sung. And also, uh, Lord, be with the hearts of all of us as we lift them up to you and seek to honor you with our worship and praise. In Jesus, your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Christ Church, at this time in our, in our service, we're going to receive an offering. And on the screen, there will be places for, uh, to show you how you can continue to give during this difficult time. We, uh, are, as a church, are alive and well doing many things in ministry, and uh, you can certainly uh, see online all the different things that are happening. Uh, so I would encourage you to, to give what you can, our tithes and offerings, and I would like to, to pray as we receive this offering. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for all that you have given to us, and we now return to you our tithes and our offerings to you, Lord and ask that you use them to further your work, your kingdom work in the Quad Cities and around the world. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen.
Heavenly Father, in our lives, we thank you for resurrection hope. We thank you that the empty tomb is a forever reminder that you are alive and with us. Thank you that the empty tomb is a forever reminder that no matter what, when all seems lost, when there seems no way out, when we think it's over, it's not over. Because if you can raise up from the dead, you can take whatever dead place is in our life and bring new life. Lord, help us to trust you. Forgive us when we doubt. Show up in our daily lives in a, in a way that will reveal your very real presence in our midst. For those who grieve right now, comfort them. For those who fear, give them courage. For those who wonder what else can they do, guide and lead them, but also give them assurance that where they cannot make a difference, you can come in and help. For our medical community, comfort them, empower them, guide them with your wisdom, and pour into them your love and presence to redeem, restore, and renew their weary hearts and minds. Be with our leaders in the world. Help them to work in unity and cooperation that we might fight together this common enemy. Lord, we pray for all those who are experiencing illness, whether it's COVID-19 or another um, problem in their life. And we pray, Lord, you come in and be the great physician and bring your healing touch to them. We also ask that in the days ahead, help us to continue to be Easter people, living to share your good news with others through acts of kindness and words of comfort. In days ahead where there are still crosses ahead, Help us to remember that the cross of death was not the end of the story. The empty tomb was the victorious ending. And God, we know that your victory over sin and death is a certainty that cannot be taken from us. You are with us. We praise and thank you for your resurrection, your hope, your salvation offered to us, your grace and mercy offered to us this day and forever. And in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior, I pray this prayer. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hey, Christ Church. I'm standing at one of the marvelous places here at, at the East Moline campus, and it's in front of a mural here of the empty tomb that Gail Leslie, one of the artists of our church, painted. And it is a wonderful, wonderful work of art that has a special message as you draw closer to the tomb that you can read the verse. It's also real close to the cross, but the cross is so near the tomb that it tells the story. That every time that we walk by that cross, we can reach out and touch it. And every time we can come by and see this mural, we can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done for each one of us in dying on the cross and being risen from the grave. I wanna take you back to that first Easter morning. And we're looking at the, the Gospel of Matthew. 
that tells an interesting details about the story. First of all, the followers of Jesus Christ were numb with grief after what had happened on Friday with Jesus being crucified and then laid in the tomb. And then all day Saturday, they would be grieving, even though it was the Sabbath. They knew that Jesus had died. And then in the morning, on Easter morning, is when the story picks up. But it was in that midst of numb reality that they knew that life would never be the same again. Jesus had really died. Now Mary and, and Magdalene and, and another Mary come to the tomb early in the morning on Easter or on, on Easter or Sunday morning to actually anoint the body with sweet smelling spices. They were doing this out of respect for, for, for Jesus. Now, that's when things get interesting. If you look in the, the Gospel of Matthew to the 28th chapter, there you'll see uh, some interesting things happen. First thing that happens is an earthquake. And then after the earthquake, uh, the, the angel comes. It goes like this in verse 2. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they, that they shook and became like dead men. Now, the earthquake is enough to shake anybody up. You see what I did there? But not only that, is that the, this angelic creature from heaven comes down, rolls away the stone, and then sits on the stone. Now, the guards, they're so scared that they're like dead men. They, they, they can't move. They can't do anything. They were sent to guard the tomb, and there was actually a seal put on the tomb to make sure nobody got in. And here all of the their, their guarding through all the time was now a waste because this, this creature from heaven comes and rolls the stone away. Now, angels, these angelic creatures from heaven, from God, are, are actually, they serve a purpose, and that is to give a message to, to people from God. And that's what uh, uh, this, this angel has. He has a, a message for the, for, for the uh, women who came to the tomb, the two Marys. He says, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. He's not here. He is risen. Just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell the disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you to, into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. I love that. He says that. He's a messenger from God. He tells them the message, and then he says, now I've already told you. I've told you this. What did he tell them? Jesus had risen from the dead. Don't be afraid. Come and see where they had laid him, and he's no longer there. That was his message. And then his directive was to go and tell the disciples, tell his followers that he is no longer 
dead, but he has risen from the dead. What do the, what do the women do? They go quickly to find the disciples and to tell them this great news. Now, they are filled with joy and yet they are afraid. They, they, you know, have you ever been like that where you, you're afraid and yet you're filled with great joy? It's like, could this possibly be true? And it's in that state that Jesus himself shows up. And you can, you can read in verse 9, it says, Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There you, they will see me. Now, that's... Uh, that's an incredible, incredible start of a reality of a recognition of this uh, uh, wonderful thing that we celebrate today, the, the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Some things I'd like to, to point out to you is that Jesus shows up. And this Easter, we need to think about that reality in three ways. One is that Jesus keeps his promises. He's a promise keeper. And there are at least eight different times in Scripture, in the, in the Gospels, where Jesus actually states in one way or another that he would raise from the dead. If we look at one of them, it's in Matthew 17, 22, and 23. It says, when they came together in Galilee, he said to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. Now, Jesus has given us many promises from his holy word. All throughout the, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you can find the promises. I just would like to turn to one chapter. That chapter is uh, John 14. And just listen to a few of the, the uh, promises that he makes. Starts out in verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. Another place in John 14, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. How about this one in verse 12? Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to my Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If it glorifies God, and if it furthers the kingdom of God, God will do it. How about this one? He says, I will not leave you orphaned. I will come to you. Before long, the world will, see, will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. 
You know, it goes on and on. All of these promises, it proves to us that not only did he make the promises, but he keeps his promises. And I want us to, to, to understand that as we move forward into a pandemic time where we are filled with, with fear at times that we, we should be recognizing the promises that Jesus will fulfill and how he has done this in the past in our lives. Secondly, the message is clear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Jesus calls us to, to live a life of joy and faith instead of a life of fear. We want to be able to, to, to recognize that he gives us the power to do that. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So we have the reality that Jesus keeps his promises. Secondly, he wants us not to be afraid. And third, our call from Jesus is to go and tell others. Just like the angel and Jesus told the women, we also need to go tell others the good news. So this Easter, this uh, special kind of, of time in which we live with this virus still raging and, and, and possibly being worse this week as the, the, the worst it's gonna get, but is, while it's still raging, what do we tell people today? How about this? Tell them that Jesus keeps his promises, that Jesus is a promise keeper. And secondly, tell them, don't let fear get in the way of your faith and joy in life. And third, tell them Jesus wins. Jesus wins. Even in a difficult and scary time, it's important for us to point that out. The angel said, come and see where he laid. Well, I've, I've, I've read the rest of the story. I've read the end of the book. And the truth is, Jesus wins. It's been kind of a Good Friday experience. But the promises have been made by Jesus. And just as the cross leads to the empty tomb, we know that Jesus' promises will lead to a fulfillment. That it may be Good Friday, but Sunday's coming. I love that phrase. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. In a life that's difficult sometimes. And it comes from a book by Anthony Campolo, who tells of an interesting experience about him preaching at his, his own church. His pastor was there with six other pastors, including himself, and they all decided to line up and preach on Good Friday. And Anthony Campalo was the sixth one up, and he preached very well. People were very responsive to him, and, and he thought he probably preached the best message he'd ever preached. And when he went to sit down by his old pastor, he said, or the, the, the older, older man said, said, uh, you did all right. And Anthony Campolo looked at him and said, Pastor, are you going to be able to top that? 
And this is what, what Anthony Campolo writes. He said, the old man smiled at me and said, son, you just sit back because this old man is going to do you in. And then he got up. He started his sermon real soft, softly by saying, it's Friday. It was Friday, but my Jesus and my Jesus was dead on the tree. But that was Friday and Sunday's coming. One of the deacons yelled, preach, brother, preach. And it was all the encouragement he needed. He came on louder as he said, it was Friday. And Mary was crying her eyes out. The disciples were running in every direction like sheep without a shepherd. But that was Friday and Sunday's coming. People in the congregation were beginning to pick up the message. Women were waving their hands in the air and calling, well, well. Some of the men were yelling, keep going, keep going. The preacher kept going. He, he picked up the volume still more and shouted, it's Friday. The cynics were looking at the world and saying, as things have been, so they shall be. You can't change anything. This in this world, you can't change anything. But those cynics didn't know that it was only Friday and Sunday's coming. It was Friday. And on Friday, those forces that oppress the poor and, and make the poor to suffer were in control. But that was Friday. And Sunday's coming. It was Friday. And on Friday, Pilate thought he had washed his hands of a lot of trouble. The Pharisees were strutting around laughing and poking each other in the ribs. They thought they were back in charge of things, but that but they didn't know that it was only Friday and Sunday's coming. He kept on working that phrase for a half hour, then an hour, then an hour and a quarter, then an hour and a half. Over and over, he came at us. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. By the time he had ended his message, I was exhausted. He had me and everybody so worked up that I don't think any of us could have stood it much longer. At the end of this, his message, he just yelled at the top of his lungs, it's Friday, but and all 500 of us in that church yelled back with one accord, Sunday's coming. Loved ones, that's the good news right there. And that is the good news that people need to hear today, not tomorrow, today. It's a message that, that cannot wait. We need to proclaim this message today. The world may be struggling with a dangerous virus. Hospital wards are filling up. The economic outlook is struggling. People are fearful of getting sick. Many in this world live in poverty and go to bed hungry. Many are wondering if there still is any hope. Many are suffering. Many are grieving. In a world full of uncertainty, many, many need to hear the message of hope that only Jesus Christ can give. In church, I am here at the empty tomb 
to tell you that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I hope that you will join me in telling this world that is on the brink of despair that it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for the empty tomb. I thank you for going to the cross and dying for us and then raising from the dead to prepare a place for us in heaven. So be with us now, Lord, as we, as we live this life, understanding that you are a promise keeper and that you will keep your promises and that we can live without fear and we can live in faith and joy. And Lord, that we would be able to tell others about you and share you with with those who need to hear the message of hope. All these things I ask and pray in your precious name. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. And it's in your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Well, I hope you have enjoyed our Easter service today. But before we leave today, I want to speak to those of you who possibly have not accepted Christ into your life or those who recognize, you know, on this Easter, I want to, I want to renew my faith in Jesus Christ. And if you want to do that, if you want to uh, recognize that He is the Lord of your life and who is the one who saved you from the sins, who died on the cross for you and rose again from the dead for you to prepare a place for you in heaven, I would invite you to pray this prayer and it would be simply repeating these words after me, but it's more than the words, it's what happens in your heart. If these are your desires of your heart, then pray this prayer to Jesus right now. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sins, the things that I have done wrong that displease you. And I know, Lord, that you came into this world and that you died on the cross, very willingly went to the cross to pay for my sins. And so I accept you as my Savior, the one who has forgiven me. And Lord, because you have died for me, I want to live for you. And so I accept you as my Lord. And what that means to me is that you are my leader. So as I follow you through the rest of my life, all that I am, all that I ever will be, I now turn over to you. Put me to doing that which you want me to do as I seek to serve you with my life. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. If that's the first time that you've prayed that prayer and that you've accepted Christ into your life, I would, I would invite you to, to get in touch with me so I can help you on your journey of being a disciple of Jesus Christ and what that means to be a Christ follower. But now as we end this Easter service of 2020, I want you to hear this challenge. Go and share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God. Let Him save them as He is saving you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the people of God said, Amen. From the great-